Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. I got a secret to tell you. Not necessarily a secret, but a little more insight into me. When I was in the fourth grade, fifth grade rather, I started playing the saxophone. One of my issues, and I played the saxophone all the way through to eighth grade, played through the parent assemblies, assemblies that I now go to uh, for my boys, uh, played in band. Uh, played uh, in various uh, parades, had a great time. What I really didn't realize as I was going through all of those hours of study and practice, what I didn't realize when I was sitting in uh, the fourth or fifth chair uh, of a seven-chair sax group trying to make it to the first chair, if you ever played an instrument, you know what I'm talking about. What I didn't realize is that all of that that I was going through really was preparing me for life. I mean, seriously, think about it. I had to practice a song to get it right hundreds of times. That's perseverance, y'all. If I messed up, I had to be able to get right back in and do it again. Isn't that life? We, We fall down, but we get up. Hello, somebody? What I learned in band, what I learned in sports, has prepared me for the life that I lead today. And while I didn't appreciate it at that time, God knows I'm thankful for all of the instructors that were hard on me, for all of the instructors that made me go back and practice more and learn more. I didn't like them at the time, but I wish I could find them today to say thank you. And one of the things that bogs my mind is that we've taken music and arts out of so many of our schools today. It's really something that our young people need to have, need to embrace, because it teaches so many life lessons. That being said, I want to welcome in our first guest to the pastor's office today. His name is Stanford Thompson, and he is the founder and and executive director of Play On Philly. Mr. Thompson can probably identify with a lot of what I just shared in my opening introduction uh, because he's a musician. He's dedicated to teaching young people about music. And he's going to talk to you today about a great program that is being started here in Philadelphia for our young people. So I want you to engage. I want you to really engage. And hear what he has to say. Stanford Thompson, welcome into the pastor's office. Come on in and have a seat. 
Thank you, Reverend Mason, for having me. Listen, we're excited to have you here today. First and foremost, as I shared with our audience, you're the founder and executive director of Play on Philly. Before we get to Play on Philly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little bit of your background and how you became uh, a lover of music. Listen, we all like to listen to music, but there's not a whole lot of us that want to go behind the scenes and figure out how to actually perform it for folks. How did you fall in love with music? Well, maybe I was slightly forced. Uh, My parents are both retired music educators. Okay. They had eight children. I'm number seven out of eight, and we all had to play a musical instrument. And, you know, my house growing up, we had a rule that you only ate dinner on the days that you practice. Um, So that's what was always expected of us. I started playing trumpet when I was eight years old um, and quickly uh, really wanted to follow my older brothers. Um, and be able to hang out with them and keep up with them. I have a brother that plays bass, another brother that plays saxophone. Um, so that was really important to me, always just trying to be and hang around my brothers. It probably wasn't until I was 13 or 14 uh, when I got really serious about playing trumpet and thinking about that being a career pathway for me. Um, and growing up in Atlanta, I was able to take lessons with members of the Atlanta Symphony. Um, so that kind of pushed me into thinking about music schools. Um, one of my trumpet teachers was uh, did some work in the Philadelphia Orchestra and got me connected here to the scene. Um, and then I moved here back in 2005 to attend the Curtis Institute of Music, where I got a degree in trumpet performance. And immediately after finishing, I decided to stay in Philly and to launch Play on Philly and help young people. Now, we're going to get into play on Philly right now, but I got to share this with you. Uh, If my parents had made it a rule in the house uh, that you didn't eat unless you rehearsed, I would have been a rehearsing fool. Uh, I'm I'm going to tell you. No, you do rebel the first day or two, but then you get hungry on day three and you you get it together. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) It didn't take long. That's right. So you've become a a musician by trade, uh, and you started this organization. You're the founder and executive director of Play on Philly. For our Philly's favorite listeners uh, who've not heard of your organization, why don't you tell them a little bit about it? So Play on Philly provides a transformative music education experience, and we focus really on developing and inspiring the types of behaviors and the personal skills, we know that our young people need to be successful later on. Uh, We partner with Philadelphia schools to really create on-site music centers that provide a tuition-free daily after-school music program where students develop high-level musical knowledge and performance skills. Um, So we are uh, seeing our kids for two and a half hours every single day after school, Um, throughout the entire school year, and then we uh, take over the Boyer College of Music uh, at Temple University, and we run a six-week summer camp where we have the kids six or seven hours a day, five days a week. Um, But everything's provided tuition-free. We loan our students instruments, and we're working with over 350 youth from kindergarten through 12th grade um, in five different locations uh, throughout the city. Uh, So it's been... Uh, growing since we started back in 2011. Uh, And, you know, we're really excited about some of the next steps um, with the Marin Anderson Young Artist Program, which I know we'll talk a little bit about. Sure. But one of the things before we get there that I I really want to dig into with you and 
I shared it in my, I shared it in my opening introduction. A lot of our schools have removed music programs. Uh, have removed arts from from the school system. I mean, you're filling in uh, a nice area where our young people really can gain uh, some important life skills. I mean, is that is that one of the reasons why you started play on play on Philly, or did you see that gap that was necessary to fill? Yeah. So not only did I see the gap, but I also saw that a lot of schools are pressured to find more and more time for math and science, which gives less time for music. And for those schools that are fortunate to have music programs, a lot of times they do not have the adequate resources or instruments, equipment, um, and really insufficient time for kids to really develop a skill on an instrument and I think fall in love with it. So we wanted to create something that would provide those, that equipment, the number of hours, you know, really, really great teachers, but bring those um, instruments and those teachers into the neighborhood um, and not tell the kids, hey, you got to come downtown to get it. Um, so, yeah, we really inspired by kind of the big hole that was filled. And it's great to see slowly that the school district is moving back. I think they have realized that this whole push in trying to do math and science has really left a, a whole generation of kids without the proper skills to really cope with the environment that they live in. Absolutely. And, and then one other thing that um, I was curious about, uh, because a lot of our young people are not familiar with uh, learning to play an instrument, was it hard for you to recruit young people uh, into the program? And how did you engage partners to help you? So our partnerships with the schools that we work with are crucial having a principal that understands why we are there, um, understand the level of commitment that our families and students need to make, um, having the partnership even with the teachers in the classroom, um, and really working with them to say, we are here to help supplement the educational experience. And as, you know, Reverend, you were talking about before, helping kids to learn how to focus for a longer period of time to sharpen skills of memory or inhibition control, um, or even with their attention. Uh, we see those as like really important skills that kids take back into the classroom, and that is what allows them to increase their academic scores. It also motivates them to want to come to school every day. But from the very beginning, I think it was relatively easy to tell parents, hey, we have this tuition-free program, essentially free after-school daycare. And for young kids, you know, to put an instrument in front of them and say, hey, you can learn this, a lot of kids are excited to do it. But once the kids are in the program for a week or two and they realize how much work it is and the parents, you know, the sacrifices they have to make so that their kid can participate every single day, that it takes some hand-holding and some understanding, trust-building for them to try to understand why this program is important. So, Reverend, let's keep in mind that, you know, when music programs were cut back in the 80s and 90s, that the kids that did not get a chance to participate in music are the same parents that I'm working with today. Right. And when the parents don't quite understand why this is important, we as a program, we have to go that extra step to hold their hands and let them uh, see and witness and understand why their kid having a violin under their chin every day is important. And after doing this for almost 12 years 
and seeing, you know, the kids go through, now this is really word of mouth. Um, parents want their kids included because they have seen other kids grow up through play on Philly and really go on to some amazing things in life. Yeah, I want to talk about some success stories uh, before we end the interview. Uh, but now, one of the things you have said twice in the interview so far is that it's free. It's free of charge. I want to make sure our Philly's favorite listeners hear that this program is free. Uh, and so my thought is you've, uh, you've, you have sponsors that have helped you to underwrite the cost of the program? Yes. Our team works really, really hard to raise over $2.5 million a year to pay for these students. So um, uh, it's a lot of work. It's a labor of love, but it's the right thing to do. Uh, the students are very, very inspiring. Uh, and we're working as hard as we can to raise more resources to expand the program. Now, you just started a new program, the Marion Anderson Young Artist Program. Uh, Marion Anderson is one of my heroes. Uh, a lot of people do not know the trails that she blazed for African-Americans uh, in this country, for blacks in this country. And I was blacks for women as well. Uh, she is a member of the Union Baptist Church right down there in Philadelphia, grew up there, uh, sang in the choir there. But let me not tell her background. Before we get into the program, tell our listeners a little bit more about Marion Anderson. So Marion Anderson was a contralto singer um, and born in Philadelphia in um, 1897. And her singing career, I mean, spanned about eight decades. And you know, for a singer, usually, you know, their voices can get shot in 20 years, 30 years. But she had a really, really long singing career and faced a lot of adversity at almost every phase of her early and middle career. Um, but really with the support of her community here in Philadelphia and guidance from a lot of renowned vocalists, she quickly rose to, you know, an international star. Um, so back in 1939, what really put her on the map as, as an activist was when she was um, denied a performance in Washington, D.C., um, and in response was put on the uh, steps of the Lincoln Memorial uh, to give us a concert. And as part of that, um, it was, you know, within 10 or 15 years or so where she was finally invited to be the first African-American singer um, to perform at the Metropolitan Opera in New York. And ever since then, from all of the prize money she made, a lot of even the money she made singing gigs, she would turn that money around and help mentor younger singers coming up. So not only did she break that ceiling in operatic classical music, but she also did everything that she could to actively support the careers of young singers and then push that door open that many, many more have been able to, um, you know, experience. Uh, even uh, this season alone, the Metropolitan Opera finally put their first opera on stage written by an African-American, Terrence Blanchard. So we're still making progress today, but if it wasn't for what Marin Anderson stood for, what she accomplished as an artist, and what she cared about as a humanitarian, the field would look much different today, and not just for opera singers, but for all types of uh, black folks across the country. 
And I want to encourage our Philly's favorite listeners. You know, there is a museum in her honor, dedicated to her honor, right here in Philadelphia. We've actually had uh, the executive director here on the show to talk about it. Search it out. Go and learn about this woman. And she's well-deserving to have naming rights to this new program. Tell us a little bit more about the Marian Anderson program. So the Marian Anderson Young Artist Program um, is a a new tuition-free musical study program that we are launching this fall. We currently have applications open. Um, The deadline is in a couple of weeks. Um, but more information can be found at playonphilly.org about those applications. But what we have seen over the years is that while Play on Philly has been focused on the personal and kind of social development of young people, several of our students have gone on to start careers as musicians, uh, music educators, uh, music therapists, um, even young people in music business. And what we want to do through the Marian Anderson Young Artist Program is help to support the next generation of young musicians born, bred, and trained here in Philadelphia to help tear down some more barriers uh, that too many young people, especially those of color, um, have experienced uh, either in jazz or a classical kind of traditional um, you know, musical genres. And this program is available for all rising 4th through 11th graders who go to school in Philly or live in Philadelphia who have a strong interest in having music be a part of their life when they graduate from high school. Um, So students need to have experience in either instrumental or vocal performance, again, both classical and jazz, um, on you know any standard instrument, including piano, and even young people that enjoy writing music um, or even conducting music, we want to hear from and to be able to support. Uh, the program will also support their weekly private lessons, also provide opportunities uh, for uh, mentorship, getting them connected to local and national ensembles, And I think most importantly, working with their parents and families to understand the type of support that their young musicians will need. So we're very, very excited about launching this program in the fall, and we really want to hear from as many students as possible so that we can um, get as many in the program very soon. You're listening to Philly's Favor, 100.7 FM and 99.5 HD3. You're in the pastor's office uh, this Sunday, and we're talking with Mr. Stanford Thompson, who is the founder and executive director of Play on Philly. Uh, We're talking about their new program, the Marion Anderson Young Artist Program. It sounds great. I have a couple questions I want to ask about it to provide some clarity for our listeners. First and foremost, is there a limit to the number of young people you're taking into the program? There's not a limit at this moment. Um, We want to see who is out there who will be ready for a program and, you know, like this and make the commitment. We're hoping that we will have at least 25 kids in the program. Uh, But, again, we want to see who, who is out there. 
All right. And then my next question, is there an application and interview process in order to enter the program? Or give us a little detail about how you actually will accept a student into the program. Sure. So on our website at playonphilly.org slash Anderson Artists, um, there's information about our application process, which also includes an interview and an audition. Uh, the deadline to apply is April 20th, um, and uh, we are aiming for the program to start uh, this summer in June or July. Excellent, excellent. So when I when I typically have on uh, individuals who are heading up programs geared towards our youth, I always like to end the interview by talking about some success stories uh, or a success story that stands out in your mind. Uh, because it's always good for our listeners to hear those positive stories about how lives were changed uh, as a result of your program. You guys have been in operation with Play on Philly uh, since 2011. Uh, Talk to us about one of those success stories that stands out in your mind. Yeah, so I think about one of our viola students, Zebediah Coombs. And Zebediah joined us in our very first year, um, again, as a viola player, uh, originally from Trinidad. And he worked really, really hard throughout middle school and high school. He joined all of the local um, youth ensembles, um, but, you know, grew up in a a pretty uh, tough situation. Uh, His father was deported back to Trinidad when he was young, um, had a lot of, um, you know, uh, challenges dealing and coping with that, and he really found a family at Play on Philly. And a small group of students um, really started to uh, get very interested in music. He then went on to Rowan University, uh, where he uh, studied music education. Um, And uh, after uh, his studies there, uh, he came back to Play on Philly and is now teaching as a full-time teaching artist with our organization. Um, And it's just great to see uh, somebody who grew up in the same neighborhood that our kids are uh, coming up through um, to be able to have all of the experiences of touring internationally, performing all over North America, uh, representing his family, representing his school and community here in Philly on so many stages in the Northeast, throughout the region, um, and to see that come back full circle and have him mentor the next group of musicians, including students that will take part in the Marion Anderson Young Artist Program. Uh, To me, you know, there's really no better example from a musical standpoint of someone who has learned some important life skills through our organization. They were able to develop their God-given musical talent and then use that talent to help uplift young people in their own community. Um, So certainly proud of Zebediah and all of his friends that have gone through the program and that are living lives uh, in the military and all sorts of training programs, college programs, but they're now, you know, some of them are parents now, um, and really uh, the next, uh, I think, generation of citizens in this city uh, that will help move us all forward. That's what we like to hear. 
We like to hear about young people whose lives have been transformed. And, and as I always say, Philly's favorite listeners, uh, uh, we ought not be satisfied until every young person has an opportunity to sit at the table of success. Stanford Thompson, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, I want to thank you for your commitment uh, to young people and training them up through music. Uh, before you go, one more time, let's give them the contact information so that they can engage uh, with the Marion Anderson Youth Artist Program and play on Philly in general. Sure. So I want to encourage everybody to go to playonphilly.org learn more about the organization and what we're doing. Those that are interested in applying to the Marion Anderson Young Artist Program, please do so by April 20th at playonphilly.org slash Anderson Artist. Get your young people involved in this program. Go to playonphilly.org right now uh, and get engaged. Get your young people involved. It will benefit them. It will bless their lives. Uh, Stanford Thompson, keep up the great work. And while you keep up the great work, we're going to keep praying for you. God bless you, my friend. Thanks so much. Philly's favorite listeners, don't you dare leave your radio dial or leave the app. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, Philly's favorite listeners, welcome back to the pastor's office. We appreciate you being here with us every Sunday. Can I tell you, you don't know how much that means to us to have your support, uh, to have your engagement uh, in the issues that we bring to you each and every Sunday. It means a lot. Uh, and I can tell it means a lot to our guests. Uh, several of the city council people uh, who've had events this year have talked to us about the fact that you have shown up that you have participated, that you have gotten involved. Uh, our friends from Jeb's, who we talked to last week uh, about the program uh, they have, the 10th anniversary of the program they have, to reduce recidivism uh, in our prison system. They talked to us this week about how many of you responded. I know I get on here every week, and we talk about the issues of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the nation around, but I just realized, I rarely say thank you. Thank you for engaging. Because we're bringing you issues. We're bringing you information that if we all engage, will make the lives of all Philadelphians better. I appreciate you. Now, one of the things that I was highly interested in when I was a young person I'm not young anymore. I once was young, but now I'm old. One of the things I was very interested in is theater. Now, I was never able to perform. That wasn't my calling. But I really enjoyed going to the theater. One of the things that we've not been able to do in two years throughout this pandemic is go to the theater. We're glad they're back open. We're glad these actors have jobs. We're glad that there's an opportunity now for us to experience it. But I can tell you that's always been an interest for me. I'll tell you the first show I ever saw. Your arm's too short to box with God. I'll never forget it. I believe it was at the Merriam Theater uh, right down in Center City, Philadelphia. And that's what triggered my fire, sparked my fire, my interest in theater. That being said, did you know 
that Philly Theater Week is upcoming in the month of April? Are you going to be a part of it? Well, that's what this interview is about. We want to convince you to go out and support Philly Theater Week in the month of April. That being said, I want to invite on the executive director of the Theater Philadelphia, Miss Laniche Miller White. Ma'am, come on into the pastor's office. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm doing well, doing well. Happy to be here. Listen, we want to thank you for your time, and we appreciate you coming on uh, this afternoon. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the origins uh, of Philly Week? Because we know you all are celebrating uh, a big anniversary this, this year as well. Yes. So this is the fifth annual Philly Theater Week. And Theater Week was created for an opportunity for theater producers of all size to have a singular event that allowed us to celebrate theater and showcase the amazing theater that the Philadelphia area has. Um, and it also was created in an effort to encourage folks to either try new theater companies they haven't tried before or to just try theater in general. Um, and so the pricing structure is all the shows are discounted. They're either free, $15, or $30. And that is to give folks an opportunity to kind of try something low risk to get into theater or learn about a new company. And so you're celebrating your fifth year. I got to ask before we get into some of the, the great shows you're going to be highlighting this year, how did the pandemic uh, impact uh, your operations? Uh, we, we talk about it a lot on the show and we know everybody's recovering. We know that everybody's excited that this year looks to be a return to normalcy in all areas, but, but talk to us a little bit about that. Yes, so the 2019, I'm sorry, the 2020 Theater Week actually took place in February, which was lucky because we know what happened in March 2020. Um, so the right. 2020 Theater Week was, you know, our standard fare. And then the 2021 Philly Theater Week ended up being primarily virtual. Um, we had, I think, about two events that took place outdoors, but the majority of the shows were virtual performances, but we still had the same kind of variety. We still had around 75 different events available. So the participation from the community actually was still there. And it was really nice to see that theater companies were still operating and working, um, you know, through the pandemic, still creating work, still creating things for their audiences. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what, shows will be available to the public this year. Uh, why don't you share a little bit of that information with our audience? Sure. So a couple of good ones coming up. Um, there's a company called Kaleidoscope Cultural Arts Collective. Their show is called A Sure Thing and Then Some, Stories and Encounters of Entanglement and Love. Um, so it is kind of a romantic comedy type of show looking at different kinds of relationships, so that one is really exciting. Um, there's another show from of the playwright. His name is Carter Ford, and it's being produced by the Producers Guild, and it's called Lessons from an Incomplete Black Boy. Um, and it's a one-man show about his time growing up as a mixed-race person. And that's happening at the CC, the Community Education Center. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the audience that comes out to support the Theater Week. You know, one of the things that I know is that 
a lot of arts have been taken out of the school system. Uh, our young people aren't being exposed as they were in the past. Uh, do you see a lot of young people uh, coming out and supporting Theater Week? And, and then also, how are you engaging young people? Because at the end of the day, you know, we've got to keep that creativity going generation after generation. Sure. So the thing about Philly Theater Week is that it has both in the areas of the city. It's not just center city. It is all over the city. And then the companies that participate, there are a lot of smaller companies and self-producing companies, which generally are the ones that are more interesting to the younger audiences. Um, and so even in this case, we're talking about even for children, there are some shows that are very family-friendly. We have one company, um, Acting Naturally, who is doing a production of Fame Junior. So it's an entire youth company putting on the musical Fame. Um, and so it's really the, the smaller companies and the self-producers, they do shows that are a little more interactive and more interesting to younger audiences. So we do have a chance to, through Theater Week, get those younger audiences or, or you know, folks who don't think they like theater necessarily, but they're coming in and finding content that is interesting to them. Do me a favor and just share with our audience how they can get more information uh, about Theater Week. Uh, and let's give them, you know, all the rest of the remaining dates because I know we already have started. Yes, so Theater Week is running now through April 10th. And all of the shows are at phillytheaterweek.com. And when you go to that website, you can just look at all of the shows as they're listed. There's also a drop-down menu if you want to sort based on comedy or drama or family shows and to see kind of what is out there for the type of theater that you like. And again, what I like, reasonable pricing. Let's, mm -hmm. let, 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 let's drive that point home. Reasonable pricing. Let's give those prices, prices again. Yes. Everything is either free, $15, or $30. Come on, listeners. Come on, Philly's favorite listeners. This is an opportunity for us to return to normalcy. Go out and support Theater Week. Go to the website. Let's give the website one more time. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm taking my kids. We're going. But let's give the website one more time. PhillyTheaterWeek.com. PhillyTheaterWeek.com. Miss Laniche Miller-White, Executive Director of Philadelphia Theater, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate the information. We're going to promote it on all of our social media platforms, and we expect you to have a very successful Theater Week. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me.